In the beginning, light stretched over the void, and God said, it is good. But over time, it grew broken and dark, disheartened and defiant. And after years of God calling his people back to himself, God was silent for 400 years. But while we were waiting in the dark, heaven was preparing a king, a prince of peace, who would offer us a light out of darkness and into light, out of despair and into hope, out of fear and into peace, out of sorrow and into joy, out of indifference and into love. Light had come, calling us out of the darkness. And in that moment, forever, everything changed. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it.
us, we rejoice in the fact that you are all those names that we've just sung and so much more. We thank you for the gift of light and the gift of hope. In your precious name we pray, amen. You can go ahead and take a seat. In the beginning, light stretched over the void and God said, it is good. But over time, it grew broken and dark, disheartened and defiant. And after years of God calling his people back to himself, God was silent for 400 years. But while we were waiting in the dark, heaven was preparing a king, a prince of peace, who would offer us a light out of darkness and into light, out of despair and into hope, out of fear and into peace, out of sorrow and into joy, out of indifference and into love. Light had come, calling us out of the darkness. And in that moment, forever, everything changed. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. Hey, Merry Christmas. Great to see you. Thanks for coming to uh, 1.30. We're really glad that you're here today. So I have um, two jobs. First is um, I've, I'm the instructor of candle school. You walked in, you hopefully got a candle if you are old enough to manage one. If you, if you need one, you raise your hand, our ushers will get one to you. We're gonna sing together here in just a little bit. The reason that I get asked to do candle school is because I'm the only person on staff who's been in a Christmas Eve service where somebody caught on fire. <laughs> Anybody else been in a service where somebody caught on fire? Okay, a few of you. Like, so we need instructors for next year's candle school, so if you'll stop. So here's how this works, all right? So we have this fancy plastic cup if your candle is unlit, you leave it upright like this, and the person who has the fire brings, sorry, backwards, backwards. <laughs> it's the first time, it's the first time I haven't done this since last Christmas. If you have the lit candle, you hold it like this, and the person with the unlit candle brings it in, and then after they're lit, everybody makes sure the flame kinda stays below the plastic cup, right? Because the other thing that happens is like, if we're gonna stay safe, that's first, we do not want you to catch on fire. That was 20 something years ago, I still remember it. I was not on stage, I was sitting out there, the guy two rows in front of me, he and his daughter both caught on fire. Like it was, I, I'll never forget that. So we don't want you to have that kind of a memory of Christmas Eve. We also, every drop of wax that hits the floor or the chair, like we got a team that's gonna spend an hour picking up that drop of wax. So if you could help us with that, we would sure appreciate that, let it go. And then, and then when we're done, we'll blow them out together. It's gonna be a beautiful moment. I'm really excited for you to be part of all of that. And then uh, my second job today is I get to bring the Christmas meditation. And if you're part of Christ's community and you come to our Christmas Eve services before, you know that I like to start this with a little bit of fun for the kids. So if you are young or you are young at heart, I have a question for you. Why is E the only letter of the alphabet to get a Christmas present this year? Because all the other letters were naughty. Yeah, see? Doesn't get any better. Um, 
So this, this guy bought his wife a really pretty, sparkly ring for Christmas, big rock on it. And um, his buddy, when he heard that he bought that for her, he said, you know, she told you if you're gonna spend a lot of money on a gift, she wanted one of those new four-wheel drive, fancy vehicles. And his friend said, yeah, I know she knew that, but I couldn't figure out where to get a fake Jeep. I don't know, one of those two you're gonna tell at Christmas Eve dinner today. So like one of those two you'll tell. Um, how, many of you finished your, how many of you finished your Christmas shopping already? Okay, not every hand is up in the room. So I gotta tell you something. So our, our communications team had this sign up in their office all December and it said there are two phases of Christmas shopping. Phase one is I've got plenty of time. Phase two is uh-oh. We're at uh-oh right now. So but you didn't raise your hand. So um, if you haven't Christmas shopped yet, you're gonna be asking for, you're gonna be apologizing when it comes time tomorrow morning. So, um, so, so gifts, Christmas gifts, they're one, gifts are one of the ways that I show love and I feel love. And so um, I love the gift giving part of Christmas. And I was thinking about this in connection with our time together today. And there are a few reasons we give gifts to each other. Um, one of the reasons we give gifts to each other is out of obligation. You know, sometimes you kind of feel like you have to, and it's not always gross. Like, some of that obligation is gross, but it's not always gross. Like, maybe you feel like you have to give a gift to your boss, or, you know, you're in a family where everybody exchanges gifts with each other, and so you've gotta buy gifts to be part of the celebration. We had a lot of fun here. We do it at, at church staff, and when we have our Christmas party, everybody brings a small gift, and we put it on the table, and we grab a present, and it gets... You know, it's around the table in different ways, creative ways. So obligation, like you have to do it. Obligation's one way, or one reason we buy gifts for each other. Another reason we buy gifts for each other is for, um, for what we might get out of it. And again, it, it can be in a creepy way, but it doesn't have to be in a creepy way. If you're, if you're in business, you probably send gifts to customers or clients, people that you do business with. And, and there's some personal in that, it's, it's good, but it's also because we're trying to maintain a relationship where, where we serve each other in all this, and so sometimes we give gifts because we're gonna get something out of it. And, and then the third reason that we give gifts to each other is, is out of love. You know, because, because you love somebody or because they love you and, and they give a gift to show and demonstrate love. And, when I think about all the different reasons that we give gifts to each other, the, the, one that's, the one that's the most fun to participate in, the one that feels the best to give and to receive is that, is that motivation of love. And the reason for that, at Christmas time especially, is because God's motive for his gift to us in Jesus is love. And so when, when our motive for giving and receiving gifts mirrors his, like that, that's the best that's the best kind of gift. So our Christmas meditation this year is from one of the most famous verses in the Bible. It's John 3, 16. And it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And so for the next 10 minutes or so, I'd like to just talk with you real quick about this, about this love that God has for you. And I'm gonna use five words to describe it. And I know you're not taking notes. Some of you are wrestling little kids. That's all fine. Just listen best you can. And if one of these sticks, one of these will stick. And so if one of these sticks with you, just kind of just kind of hang on to it and, and maybe ponder it a little later today or tomorrow morning if you're up before everybody else. Like this is this is just one of the one of the things for you to think about. It's a meditation time. So the first word 
that describes God's gift for us is personal. And we think through, we think through the, that verse, for God so loved the world, God loved the world in such a way that feels like maybe the, like God loved, like he loved this whole group. You know, it's, it's like in a little bit, I'm gonna tell you guys I love you. And, and that's, like, there's so many of you out here, you know? And, and you may feel like you're just kind of one of many when the Bible says that God so loved the world, but that's not the way God's love worked. If you continue to read in the Gospel of John or anywhere else in the Bible, what you find out is God loves you. He loves people, he loves individuals. He, he's an up close and personal God. He's a God who is over and above all. He is the creator God, he's the all powerful God. He sees and he hears and he knows all the stuff that's going on and he's up close and personal with you. He sees the stuff that's happening in your life. He, he knows your pain, he knows your struggles, he knows your past, he knows your present, like he knows all of that stuff and that may feel a little scary to you depending on what's going on in your life right now or that may feel like, wait a minute, but he does, he sees you and he hears you and he knows you and his love for you is very personal. It's very personal. So I was texting with a friend this week and I said, hey, here's kind of what I'm talking about in our Christmas Eve services. And he texted me back and he said, he said, I have tried to sit in God's love for me each day all year and it has been powerful. And that just, just kind of struck me that it is, it's this personal love that you could just, you could sit in and meditate on and reflect on and and it will, it will change your life, it'll change your life. God's love for you is personal, first word. Second word, God's love for you is, it's undeserved. It's undeserved. From heaven's perspective, for you and for me, like there's just nothing lovely or lovable about us from heaven's perspective. There's this theologian, his name's D.A. Carson, and he is one of the most creative theologians I know. He, he wrote about this idea of, of God's love for us being undeserved, and I love this little quote he says, morally and spiritually speaking, you and I have such a bad case of halitosis, it would embarrass a herd of unwashed garlic-eating elephants. Our noses are so bulbous they belong in the cartoons. Our hair is so greasy it could lubricate an 18-wheeler. Our knees are so disjointed we make a camel look elegant. Our personalities make Attila the Hun and Genghis Khan look like wimps. The Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so what you and I, like we could just know today is this love that God has for us, it's undeserved. We haven't, we haven't earned it. And I think that's really good news. Because if, if, if I have to earn it or I have to deserve it, I have to keep earning it, I have to keep deserving it. And so instead, me as an undeserving people, God, a person, God looks at me and he says, hey, I, I love you. It's, it's an undeserved love. Third word to hang on to, it's his love for us is sacrificial. His love for us is sacrificial. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He, and, and he gave his one and only son. So this, this is a sacrificial love for you. That little idea of God's one and only son, like that's a, that's a really important designation in there because if you read the Bible from beginning to end, there's conversation all through the Bible about, about the sons and daughters of God, right? the, the children of God. And, and so like from angelic beings to human beings, and so when, when we read those words that God gave his one and only son, like Jesus is the, he's the unique, he's the unique son of God. He's, he's the son of God and he's God the son. And, and he is the one God gave 
for you and for me. It's a sacrificial love. It's, it's not a love that, it, like it costs God something to love you. And, and his love for you is sacrificial. Jesus came to earth not just to be born and not just to walk among us, but to actually die on a cross to enter into death on our behalf. And so it's this, this sacrificial love that God has given to us. And then the fourth word is purposeful. God's, God's love for us is on purpose and, it, and there's a purpose towards it. And if you think about his love being a gift for you, maybe this year you bought like a gadget gift for somebody, or maybe you're a gadget person and you know there's gadgets under the tree for you. Gadgets are like, they're, they're, for, they're for every once in a while. One of the coolest gadgets I ever saw was the little vacuum that sucks up bugs. It's got a little cup on the end. Have you seen that one? It's got a little cup on the end of it. If you can trap them against the ceiling or against the window, it just sucks them right into the little, so that's a gadget. Right, but God's love has purpose for you and his love as it moves towards you is so that you could have eternal life. It's a rescuing love. His, his love moves towards people like you and me who have not earned it and who do not deserve it and, and he moves towards us to rescue us from our sin, from ourself, from a purposeless, meaningless, hopeless life he, he has come to rescue us so that we could have eternal life and what Jesus called abundant life. So we have life to the fullest extent here and now and for eternity. And so, so his love has great purpose. And then this last word, the fifth word, his love for you and me is strong. It's a strong love. It's not a weak love. It's not, again, it's not conditioned on how you look or how you act or how you feel about him it is, it is a strong love that when, when you enter into his love, like he, he grabs a hold of you and he does not let you go. Whoever believes in him, in our verse that we just read, whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And so we get this opportunity to be held on to God forever. And, and you can't wriggle loose and you can't get away and you get to live in that embrace and it's just this beautiful thing. It's this strong love that he has for people like you and me whose halitosis embarrass a herd of unwashed garlic-eating elephants, right? I mean, like, it's just this beautiful love that he has for us. So think about gifts and this, this motivation of love and the gift that God gives to us. If there, was, if there was one gift that we give to each other that maybe this is most like, and it's not necessarily a Christmas gift, but be like a wedding ring, be like a wedding ring. Wedding ring is it's beautiful and it is valuable and it is precious and it is, it is about relationship and it, it comes with strings attached, right? A wedding ring comes with strings attached and, and they're, not, they're not bad strings, they're not manipulative strings, they're they're strings of love and they're strings of relationship and they, they hold you tight and they draw you in. And, and for people who receive this gift that God offers us in Jesus, it's like any other gift. In order to have it, you have to receive it. And so, so for people who receive this gift that God gives to us in Jesus, like what you get from that is you, you get to be in an eternal relationship with God. You get to be rescued you get, to, you get to live in this, in this strong and beautiful love that God has for you. But you and I have to, we have to say yes to it, we have to reach out to it. And Christmas Eve is a beautiful time to say yes to the love that God has for you and to the gift that he's given to you in Jesus. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for us here in just a second. 
And when I pray, if, if you need to say yes or say yes again to this gift that God is giving to us in Jesus, this is your moment. And, and when I finish this prayer, the worship team has a beautiful song that they're gonna sing for us and over us. And, and if you need that to continue, that moment to continue for you, like this, this is your moment. This is your moment to say yes to this love that God has for you. So would you please bow your head and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, we're really grateful that you love us. And we come to Christmas time and Christmas Eve, and we're just saying yes to this gift of Jesus. The baby in the manger, the man who lived and walked among us, who died on the cross, the risen Savior, to, to the life and light that he offers to us, we say yes to that. And thank you for Thank you for this gift that you would give to people like us so that we could have your kind of life, your kind of light that leads us out of darkness into hope and peace and joy and love. And Jesus, all of this goodness comes to us, so we pray these things in your name, amen. Love you guys, Merry Christmas. Starlight in a mother's eye, a holy child is born. Kings and shepherds on their knees, adoring Christ alone.
This past weekend, our elementary kids got to journey back in time and experience what it may have been like to be in Bethlehem at the time of Jesus' birth. We want to invite you to join us in that journey. Jesus is our shepherd who watches over us and protects us. He loves us so much that he takes care of us like a shepherd takes care of his sheep. Jesus is the living water. A relationship with him is the only thing that will fully satisfy us. He loves us so much that he came to the earth so that we could have a friendship with him. Jesus had a purpose in coming to earth, just like each piece of pottery has a purpose. Jesus came to earth to seek and save the lost. He loves us so much that he took the punishment we deserve. Jesus came to earth knowing that his body would be broken for us, and he still came. When we break bread during communion, we remember that he loves us so much that he was willing to die for us. Jesus was probably a carpenter like his dad while he was here on earth, but his most important work was about revealing God to us. He loves us so much that he came to earth to help us know God, and he invites us to help others know God too. Jesus came and lived here on earth, but signing the census reminds us that this is not his home. Heaven is. When we follow him, we also get to call heaven our home. He loves us so much that he has a home for us in heaven. Jesus coming down to earth is the greatest gift we could ever get at Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. My name is Andrea. And my name is Whitney, and we're part of the family ministry team here at Christ Community. We're so excited to be here with all of you guys today, celebrating the incredible gift that the Lord has given us. You know, Whitney, I think that if Pastor Daryl gets to start off with some jokes, 
that we should be able to too. Okay? I agree. <laughs> so I got one for you. What is a snowman's favorite Mexican food? What? Burritos. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. I actually have one for us too. Andrea, okay. what did Adam say on the day before Christmas? I don't know. It's Christmas Eve. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, all jokes aside, as you guys just saw, journeying through Bethlehem gave us a really cool look at the place where Jesus was born. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how many of you guys were there last weekend, but if I grew up in Bethlehem, those lambs that were there were so cute mm -hmm. and fluffy and cuddly. I would have loved to cuddle them, but... I would not have enjoyed cleaning up after them. Kids, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if I grew up in Bethlehem, I think I'd play rock, paper, scissors with my sister to see who had to draw water from the well every day. Mm -hmm. But not only did we get to see what Bethlehem may have looked like, it also revealed some really powerful things about who Jesus is. Yeah, we learned during Journey to Bethlehem that Jesus loves us so much. Yeah, he not only loves us so much, but he actually shows us what love is. Every single thing that Jesus does is loving. I know for a fact that not every single thing I do is loving because we're just humans. We mess up and we sin. But not Jesus. Jesus is love. And so when Jesus came as a baby, love came to our world. In Jesus, we have the best example of love. In fact, every single thing Jesus does is loving. And we get to experience his love ourselves. He offers it to us, and when we accept his gift of love, we get to live with Jesus forever. It is the greatest gift we could ever receive. And when we receive this gift, we get to experience Jesus bringing us out of darkness and into light. We get to experience Jesus bringing us out of despair and into hope. We get to experience Jesus bringing us out of fear and into peace. We get to experience Jesus bringing us out of sorrow and into joy. And we get to experience Jesus bringing us out of indifference and into love. We get to experience Jesus bringing all of this into our lives when we say yes to following him. And when we experience and receive all that Jesus mm -hmm. has for us, our response is worship. Love has come, a light in the darkness. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. That's what Christmas is all about.
so glad you came today to celebrate Christ's birth with us. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas, and please blow your candles out before you exit the building. <laughs> Thank you so much. You are dismissed. <laughs>